Hey there, it's Stephen Meadows with Mind Your Business. Thanks for tuning in to this bonus episode entitled Daring to Dare. You know, life can be boring or life can be exciting, but you really get out of it what you put into it. Sometimes taking a few risks can be very rewarding. So this episode is going to talk about what it's like to be daring and how it can affect your life. So I hope this gives you some great ideas to go out there and really carpe diem. Have a great one. Daring to Dare Introduction Take a moment to think about life. We're not talking about life in the big picture sense. Instead, we're talking about regular everyday life. You know, the routine, the usual, even the humdrum. What is it that ties every day of living together? What is it that every normal day shares? What is the one thing in life that is predictable and unchanging? The answer to each of these questions is risk. We don't often like to think about life in terms of the risks that it poses. However, if you look at existence realistically, you'll soon realize that the simple act of being alive is fraught with risk. Every choice that you make during the average day, even the most mundane of choices, comes with a potential benefit and a potential detriment. Life as we know it is essentially one long gamble. Each of us are patrons at a cosmic casino. We stand at the craps table of life, dice in hand, taking chances, big and small, against the odds. As long as we keep winning, we get to keep playing. However, like all casinos, the long odds are stacked in favor of the house. Sooner or later, every one of us rolls a seven and craps out. Now, to many people, this may seem like an extremely nihilistic and negative point of view. That's because, to many people, honestly looking at the risks that come from living is intolerable. To see the world as full of potential dangers, any one of which could instantly snuff out our existence, can be a terrifying experience. That's why some people prefer to insulate themselves from the reality of risk by pretending that risk doesn't exist. However, willfully ignoring the fact that risks are inherent and bound up in every activity that we undertake does nothing to lessen those risks. For example, take driving in a car. This is an extremely risky activity. How risky? Well, every day more than 3,000 people die in car accidents. Over 95,000 people are seriously injured in vehicle collisions every day. Over the course of a year, that's a lot of carnage. Yet, every day, quite a number of us blithely get into cars and drive. Why? Well, for many of us, driving is a necessity. We must drive in order to work, shop, and socialize. So we unconsciously weigh our need to drive against the potential for serious injury or death because of driving and decide to get behind the wheel. In essence, we roll the dice with our lives and futures. We do this because we instinctively know that the odds are in our favor. We also have a set of stored memories that reinforces our instincts. In other words, we know that driving is risky. However, we accept that risk and decide to reap the rewards that come from the activity. In short, we dare to dare. This is a book about risk, what it is and why we take them. In the following pages, we're going to take a close look at the concept of risk. We'll see that we are, in fact, hardwired to gamble everything on a roll of the dice. It's how we survive as individuals and how we've survived and thrived as a species. We'll see that there is an art in risk. 
will discover that taking risks is not only necessary, it is vitally important in both life and business in order to succeed. In order to demonstrate this fact, we will take a look at some examples of famous people who took a chance, accepted risk, if you will, and reaped the reward for their actions. We'll give you some general tips that will allow you to assume a bit more risk in order to obtain the benefits that come from doing so. There's nothing that any of us can do to change the risky nature of living. Because of that, all of us can live better and fuller lives by learning how to leverage that in our favor. So if you're ready, let's begin. Oh, and watch out for paper cuts. The Art of Risk So here we are. You're reading a book on risk. I've written the book that you're reading. Both of us have professional and personal lives that connect us to a web of individuals and activities that consume a great deal of our time. We may both be similar in this regard. We work, we recreate, we socialize. In short, we live. However, no matter how similar or dissimilar our lives might be, we all share one thing in common. We live in a world that's fraught with risk. Most of the time, many of us don't give the risky nature of life a second thought. Occasionally, something will happen, an accident, a natural disaster, or man-made catastrophe, that reminds us of the risk we all assume simply by living. However, for many of us, the shock of that moment and the realization that it brings soon fades into the background. We begin performing our usual duties and activities as if nothing had happened. That is, until something tragic happens again. At face value, this seems to be incredibly counterproductive behavior. After all, if activities are risky, shouldn't we avoid doing those activities? Well, it turns out that how we deal with risk involves more complicated behaviors than simple avoidance. It seems that there is a certain art involved with dealing with risk. In this chapter, we're going to take a look at this art which is a somewhat hidden component in all of our lives. We'll examine what risk is, as well as why we take risks in the first place. Once we've got a handle on the what and why, we'll move on to examining why taking risks is so important to success in both life and business. In other words, we'll see if daring to dare can actually be a beneficial behavior. What is risk? At first glance, this appears to be a deceptively simple question, as well as a somewhat pointless one. We all know what risk is, so why even waste our time by asking the question? However, when you start unpacking the definition of risk, you see that the question is slightly more complex than it first appeared. So let's start at the beginning. Linguistically, a risk is defined as the chance of loss or peril. Additionally, it's also defined as someone or something that creates or suggests a peril. So it seems that we consider a risk to be not only the possibility of a negative outcome, but also the activity that gave rise to that possibility. This is key. The word possibility gives us an almost instantaneous insight into the true nature of risk, and as a corollary, the nature of daring. The fact that a negative outcome is possible means that a positive outcome is also possible. Therefore, despite its negative connotations, it appears that risk, in reality, is not an altogether negative thing. In fact, there is a direct connection between risk and reward. This means that a true definition of risk, or perhaps a better definition of risk, would take this connection into account. A risk is not simply loss or peril. It is the chance that the loss or peril involved in the activity in question will not occur. The lower this chance, the less risk there is in undertaking the activity. 
Therefore, any risk is really defined by the odds and the gambler willing to accept those odds. In order to get a better understanding of this concept, let's take a look at the odds involved in a number of common, everyday activities. In the introduction, we briefly discussed the dangers involved in operating a motor vehicle. Thousands of people die every day performing this activity. Tens of thousands are seriously injured. Yet, we all drive vehicles of all kinds without a second thought. Why? The answer, in a word, is odds. Statistically, the odds of any activity resulting in a negative outcome can be scientifically determined. The entire insurance industry is predicated on this ability. So in terms of negative outcomes, let's look at one of the most negative outcomes of all, death. What exactly are the odds of dying while performing a specific activity? Let's start with driving a car. As we've discussed, this is an extremely common, popular, and necessary activity. Yet, in the United States alone, there is a 1 in 8,938 chance that you will die in a car accident during the course of one calendar year. Now, you might be saying, hey, those odds aren't bad. And you'd be right, especially when you look around you. The number of cars on the nation's road indicates that a great many people share your opinion that the risk of driving a car is an acceptable one. However, statistically, the lifetime odds of dying in a car accident are 1 in 606. Those long-term odds are considerably worse than the year-to-year -year odds and demonstrate that traveling by car is more inherently risky than most people realize. This statistical tendency is apparent across the board, no matter the risk. The chance of drowning during the course of a calendar year is 1 in 485,605. Over the course of a lifetime, those odds drop to 1 in 6,162. Yet despite the risk, as indicated by the long-term odds, people still swim. Likewise, the odds of dying in a plane crash during the course of a calendar year is 1 in 767,303. Once again, over the course of a lifetime, those odds become a more significantly risky 1 in 9,737. Despite the appreciable risk, a significant portion of the population flies every day. Finally, let's take a look at that old standby, lightning. The odds of being struck by lightning over the course of a year are 1 in 13,744,732. Steep odds indeed. Yet again, over the course of a lifetime, the risk significantly increases. The odds of being struck by lightning over the long term are 1 in 174,426. Not an appreciable risk, but still frighteningly common when compared to the risk over the course of a calendar year. Once again, despite the risk, people all over the world can routinely be found outside during a thunderstorm. So why do we not only routinely accept considerable risks, but also apparently rationalize the chances of a negative outcome away? The answer lies in our genetic makeup and the natural chaos that is the background music of the cosmos. Why do we take risks? So, why do we take risks? The short answer is that we're hardwired to take risks in order to achieve certain rewards. As long as we perceive that the reward can outweigh the risk, we're genetically preconditioned to take the chance. Not only that, we're also hardwired to take a risk if it appears we have no other choice. In other words, when faced with several unappealing options, all of which carry a certain amount of risk, we will choose the option that offers the best ratio of risk to reward. Let's examine why this is so. 
We know many things about the universe. We have a certain understanding of some of its laws. Despite our knowledge, the universe remains mostly a mystery. We've discovered a certain portion of how it operates, but we have very little knowledge of why it acts in certain ways. One of the laws that we've discovered is called chaos theory. Chaos theory is a branch of mathematics that deals with complex systems whose behavior is highly sensitive to slight changes in conditions so that small alterations can give rise to strikingly great consequences. Many people are familiar with this concept through its alternate name, the butterfly effect. The butterfly effect is so named because in a complex system like the Earth's weather, When a butterfly flaps its wings on one side of the world, that small action gives rise to a system of storms that batters the other side of the world. The concept is called chaos theory because outcomes cannot be predicted with any accuracy when small events predicate huge consequences. To an observer, the entire system seems to be chaotic, with seemingly arbitrary outcomes occurring despite the best laid plans. The Earth is an example of a very complex system. Weather affects food supply and habitability. Tectonic and seismic events change the face of the planet. The energy output of the sun, which also affects habitability, appears to be highly variable on a scale of millennia. Extraterrestrial objects, comets, and asteroids regularly impact the Earth's surface, also on a millennial basis. In short, to a long-term observer, the Earth would appear to be a highly chaotic place there would appear to be no stable conditions, and change would seem to be the only reality. However, on a shorter time scale, let's say 30 years or so, an observer would get an entirely different impression. Depending on the point of observation, the Earth would seem very stable. Conditions would not appear to change at all. There may be short disruptions in the tranquility caused by weather-related events, but overall, everything would appear to be consistent. Each of these observations is true. In the short term, the Earth is a fairly stable place. In the long term, it's not a very stable place. However, even in the short term, the long-term instability can disrupt the security and viability of any given place. In addition, because of the effect of chaos theory, the disruptions on short-term stability caused by long-term chaos cannot be accurately predicted. To the short-term observer, they appear as completely random events. What does all this have to do with why we take risks? Well, this is the situation within which our species developed. Things were okay until they weren't okay. Most of the time, things went along just fine. When they didn't, well, there wasn't anything you could do about it because bad stuff just happens. In other words, because there was no real way to predict when chaos would reach out and smack you in the face, It was better to accept the risk that something bad would eventually happen and reap the reward of that behavior, rather than forego the reward in an attempt to forestall the inevitable. For example, to our ancestors, it was fairly evident that you ran the risk of being eaten by another predator every time you went out hunting or gathering food. The odds weren't high that it would happen during a single foraging session. However, the odds slowly did get higher the more often that you went foraging. Eventually, The odds were high enough that if you did indeed get eaten or killed by another tribe or bitten by a snake or starved to death over a winter or any one of the other grisly fates that awaited everyone in the end. Nevertheless, in the short term, the risk involved in a single foraging session outweighed the necessity of having to eat and the reward of successfully gathering food. 
Our ancestors were only concerned with eating that day, not by what might happen several days, months, or years in the future. Solving today's survival problems was what mattered. This short-term outlook evolved as a way of keeping our ancestors motivated. It kept them engaged in making it through another day. Every day that they survived was another chance to pass their genes down to the next generation. Therefore, we developed the aforementioned ability to accept smaller daily risks that seem to be outweighed by the reward the risk provides. We know that, over time, the odds of getting a negative outcome from accepting the risk increase. We also know that the chance of getting that negative outcome outweighs the risk as the odds grow higher. However, we are able to rationalize this fact away by focusing only on the short-term daily benefit. This is why we keep driving, swimming, and playing golf in thunderstorms. It's why we smoke, drink, and eat unhealthy foods. It's why we skydive, run with the bulls in Pamplona, and bungee jump. In the end, these behaviors will result in negative results. However, in the short term, the pleasure we receive is a reward that outweighs the inevitability of eventually rolling a seven. Why taking risks is important. We've all heard the saying, nothing ventured, nothing gained. The concept behind this saying demonstrates why risk-taking is ultimately critical to success. If you don't accept risks, you'll never reap the reward that is the result of the behavior that gives rise to the risk. This means that taking risks is actually an important and beneficial behavior that's essential to success in business and in life. Let's take a look at some of the benefits of accepting risks. Unforeseen opportunities. As we've discussed, we often take risks to achieve a certain concrete benefit. However, that concrete benefit is often only the tip of the iceberg when it comes to positive results. Taking risks often puts you in situations that you'd have never had had the opportunity to experience if you played it safe. These situations, in turn, lead to opportunities that you didn't imagine existed when you took the initial risk. As the old saying goes, fortune favors the bold. When you take the initial risk for one benefit, you'll often find that the initial risk opens doors on possibilities that are infinitely greater. Building confidence. How do you get better at accepting risk as a positive force in your life? You take more risks. It seems counterintuitive to assume more risk in order to obtain greater success, and in some sense it is. No one should be putting themselves at risk without carefully and honestly weighing the potential benefit at hand against the risk in question. However, when you overestimate the size of the risk, you do the same amount of damage to yourself as when you underestimate the size of the risk. The trick is to find the ideal balance point between these two extremes. When you do, you're able to place yourself in situations where the odds are very high that you'll succeed. The more that you succeed, the more you build confidence in your abilities. The more confidence you have in your abilities, the better able you are to weigh risk against reward and utilize positive risks to your benefit. Risks promote growth. What is the downside of risk? Obviously, it's the negative outcomes that are involved. Very often, these outcomes take the form of failure, monetary loss, personal injury, and more. It's the fear of these failures that can, at times, keep people from undertaking activities that have the potential to promote personal growth. That's a shame because we often learn our most valuable lessons from the mistakes that we make. As Oscar Wilde said, experience is the hardest kind of teacher. 
it gives you the test first and the lesson afterwards. The ability to learn from mistakes can only happen if mistakes are made. Therefore, if no risks are taken, then no mistakes can be made and no wisdom can be gleaned from the experience. Assuming risk allows you not only the opportunity to reap a reward, it also allows you to promote personal growth through the process of failure. Oftentimes, this secondary gift, while harder to accept, is the more valuable of the two potential outcomes. Risk is the hunter. Success, no matter how you define it, is not a passive enterprise. If you want to achieve real success, you need to be able to reach goals. The ability to reach set goals requires determination, drive, and dogged tenacity. In short, success requires work, both physical and mental. You have to be willing to move in both the literal and figurative senses of that word. Accepting risk is one way to accomplish this. Think of risk as a hunter. Risk stalks success. Taking risk allows you to bag success. Without risk, there is no movement, there is no forward progress, and no goals are achieved. Risk creates change. What's the biggest barrier to success? Well, for many people, it's fear, but not just simple apprehension. What keeps many people from becoming more successful is a real fear of change. To some people, this fear can even give rise to the level of phobia. You might be asking, how could anyone be afraid of something that's so obviously positive? Well, let's take a look. You'd think that someone who finds themselves in a less-than-ideal place in life would be strongly motivated to change. This is not always the case. People can be creatures of habit. A bird in the hand can, at times, seem preferable over two in the bush even when the bird is somewhat shabby and unsatisfying. When you assume risk, you're forced to upset the status quo that may be acting as a stasis field in your life. Risk invariably creates change. You have to alter your position and circumstances if you want to avoid the negative outcome that a particular risk entails. In other words, you must be bold, different, and act out of the ordinary. That change is often the impetus that breaks the restraints that have been holding you back. Risk promotes creativity. In the same way that risk creates change, it also promotes creativity. New ways of acting always require new ways of thinking. However, if you never change your behaviors, then, of course, you never have to change your thinking. This lack of mental movement can cause a person to become habitual, predictable, and stale. There's no light or air in the thought processes. There's no reason for there to be. Doing the same things day after day doesn't require thought. It only requires dedication to a schedule and a routine that are acting as an anchor, keeping you firmly fixed to a place and a way of life that may no longer work. By accepting a risk, you break free of this anchor. You have to begin to think on your feet in order to reap the reward that the risk entails. In a very real sense, you have no other choice. Hidebound ways of thought only increase the chances that you'll experience a negative outcome. In order to avoid that result, your creativity and your possibilities begin to grow. As they do, so do you. Risk raises the bar. How do you get better at anything in life? The simple answer is by doing whatever it is that you want to get better at. Action promotes results. Inaction promotes inertia. In other words, the more that you do something, 
the greater your ability becomes to do that thing. Because risk is such an excellent motivator, it also has the collateral benefit of raising the bar on all your abilities involved in avoiding that risk. When that bar is being continually raised, you are also continually developing your skill sets, as long as you keep taking risks. So think of risk as sort of a personal trainer for success. Dreams are not safe. Everyone has dreams. Everyone wants a better life. The definition of better varies from person to person, but the desire for something else, something more positive, something more fulfilling, is a trait that we all have in common. The thing about dreams is that they're tricky. When they remain as half-formed wishes, they're safe, even comforting. However, in order to make dreams real, you must take risks. You see, real dreams and aspirations are not safe. Things will necessarily have to be changed in order for the dream to be viable and visible. Taking the risks associated with your dreams is the only way to reap the reward of those dreams. In this way, you can say that risk is the way that dreams come true. Boldness paying off. Mark Zuckerberg once famously said, in a world that's changing really quickly, the only strategy that's guaranteed to fail is not taking risks. We couldn't agree more. That's why in this section, we're going to demonstrate the positive force inherent in risk-taking by looking at examples of situations where taking a risk has led to increased success. Let's go. J.K. Rowling The acclaimed author of the Harry Potter series of books is now the world's first billionaire author. However, that's not how things started out. Before the publication of her first Harry Potter book, Rowling was a recently divorced mother of a small child. She was out of work and broke. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone was largely written on a manual typewriter. After the book was finished, the manuscript was rejected by 12 different publishers. When the publishing house Bloomsbury finally agreed to publish the book, they did so on the condition that Rowling finds a day job because there was no money to be made by writing children's books. Today, Rowling is one of the most successful and well-known authors in history. Her books have sold more than 400 million copies and gave rise to a brand that's worth an estimated $15 billion. All of this happened because Rowling was willing to take a risk and do everything that she could to get her first Harry Potter book published. Rowling herself has said, It's impossible to live without failing at something unless you live so cautiously that you might as well not have lived at all in which case you fail by default. Bill Gates Bill Gates may well be one of the most well-known men in the world. The tech industry leader has amassed holdings estimated to be worth in excess of $90 billion. He's the head of the world's largest private charitable foundation, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. However, what's not well known is that Gates is also a college dropout who risked everything to start his first company, Microsoft. Gates was a sophomore at Harvard University. His parents hoped that he would become a lawyer. Instead, Gates, who had developed an interest in the burgeoning field of home computing and computer programming, contacted the manufacturer of the Altair home computer, one of the first home computers on the market. Gates convinced the owners that the software he was writing would allow the Altair computer to run BASIC, a simple programming language. No such software existed at the time. The owners of Altair were interested and asked Gates for a demonstration. 
Gates scrambled, writing the software program in less than two months. He demonstrated it to the company owners without having the time to test it. It ran perfectly, and Altair paid Gates for the software. He used that money to start Microsoft, combining the words microcomputer and software. Gates achieved his success largely because he took the risk of leaving Harvard to go off and start his own company. Without that risk, the subsequent rewards he achieved would have never been possible. Sylvester Stallone Sylvester Stallone is an iconic actor known for his successful action movies, many of which he wrote, co-wrote, or directed. Perhaps his most famous role was Rocky Balboa, the down-and-out prizefighter who, against all odds, gets a one-time shot at the big time. Few people know how close to the truth the fictional life of Balboa's matched Stallone's. Stallone was a struggling actor and writer. His wife was pregnant, and he didn't have enough money to cover the rent on his apartment. So he sat down at the typewriter and in four days produced the screenplay for Rocky. Hollywood producers loved the script and offered Stallone substantial money for it. However, he turned all offers to buy the screenplay down. His condition for selling the script was that he would play the starring role. Eventually, a deal was made and Stallone starred as Rocky. The film went on to become the highest-grossing film of 1976. It also garnered nine Oscar nominations, including two for Stallone as Best Actor and as Best Screenplay. The film also led to Stallone becoming an international star. None of this would have happened if Stallone hadn't taken the chance and written the screenplay and insisted on starring in the movie. He got a shot at the big time precisely because he was willing to risk everything for that chance. Elon Musk Elon Musk is a widely known creative innovator, engineer, and inventor. He presides over two forward-thinking companies that are trying to radically alter their respective industries, SpaceX and Tesla Motors. He has a personal fortune worth over $15 billion and is widely considered the modern equivalent of his hero and the namesake of his automobiles, Nikola Tesla. However, none of this would have been possible if Musk wasn't willing to take some very significant risks. In the mid-1990s, Musk and his brother borrowed $28,000 from their father and started Zip2, an internet city guide for the newspaper industry. They obtained contracts from some of the biggest newspapers, including the New York Times and the Chicago Tribune. Eventually, Zip2 was acquired by Compaq for $307 million, of which Musk received $22 million. He was 24 years old. Musk then took $10 million of the money from the sale of Zip2 and formed an electronic payment processing company called X.com. The following year, X.com purchased a company called Confinity, which had a small money transfer service called PayPal. Musk focused on PayPal and changed the name of his company accordingly. PayPal grew rapidly, in part due to several successful viral marketing campaigns. In 2002, eBay purchased PayPal for $1.5 billion. Instead of sitting on his laurels, Musk took the funds from the PayPal sale and formed Tesla Motors to promote electric-powered vehicles and SpaceX to promote the private capitalization and exploration of space. Both companies have since pushed the boundaries of their respective industries. None of this would have been possible if Elon Musk wasn't willing to accept a veritable series of risk. In fact, you could say that his entire career and all of its successes have been built on a foundation of managed risks. Can I be more daring? 
we've taken a look at what risk is and why accepting risk is critical to success. We then looked at several real-life examples of people who have achieved their success in large part by taking risks. Now the question becomes, how can you become more daring so that you're able to accept risks and use it for your own success? In this section, we're going to look at specific things you can do to become more daring and use risk to your advantage. Embrace the possibility of failure. The act of doing is intimately tied up with the possibility of failing as well as succeeding. If you do, then you'll either fail or succeed in some measure. However, if you don't do, you only have the possibility of failing. Therefore, in order to succeed, you cannot be afraid to fail. Think of success and failure as two sides of the same coin. One cannot exist without the other. To fail to act out of fear does not prevent failure. It actually guarantees failure since without action you cannot succeed. Learn to embrace this concept. Internalize it. Believe in it. It is only when you embrace the possibility of failing that you can truly dare to succeed. Stand up for what you believe in. We live in an age where it can seem like everybody's opinion and values are determined by consensus. While group thinking can have its useful place, it has no place in determining your own moral compass. This means that you must be willing to stand up for what you believe in. If you have an opinion, then you also have a duty to be informed and defend that opinion. If you have a set of values, then you also have a duty to uphold those values no matter the cost. The risk here is that by being opinionated and having a strong set of values, you risk ruffling a few feathers. That's perfectly fine. One of the biggest risks that you can take is to have the integrity to be yourself as opposed to what others want you to be. So take that risk. Stand up for what you believe in. You have nothing to lose and everything to gain. Travel widely and suddenly. Routine is the enemy of risk. By its very definition, a routine is an antithesis of being daring. You simply cannot be risky while following a routine. What you can be is predictable, boring, and uninspired. Additionally, being tied to a routine also means that you're tied to the same locale, the same scenery, and the same faces. There's nothing new to challenge you and open up your perspective on the world. The answer to routine is sudden and unplanned travel. Pick a weekend or a week with no advanced planning. Simply take off to a completely random destination. Let chance decide where you'll go, where you'll stay, and who you'll meet. At best, you'll broaden your horizons and discover that the world is slightly larger and more wonderful than you realized. At worst, you'll have a pretty terrific story to tell at parties. Take on a physical challenge. Again, routines are the enemy of both risk and change. In our previous tip, we were talking about using unplanned travel as a way to quash mental routines. However, routines can be physical as well. We all feel that we have physical limits, that there's only so much we can do. We strongly believe in these limits, even though we never do anything to test them. That's why it's important for you to take on physical challenges, especially ones that you're sure you can never complete. It can be anything. Swimming, working out, running, you name it. After you set a challenge, you have to stick with it. In order to really test your limits, you can't quit. If you do stick with it, there's a good chance that you're going to be pleasantly surprised at what you really and truly are physically capable of. That knowledge is going to blow the roof off of what you're able to dare to do and what risks you're able to take. 
compete for something really big. The concept of daring to take risks is intimately tied up with the idea of advancing the boundaries of capabilities. In this regard, nearly everyone underestimates their capabilities. That's why very few people are competing at a level commensurate with their actual talents and abilities. So what we end up with is a lot of people competing for a lot of mediocre things, and very few people competing for really big things that contain a lot of value. This means that it's actually easier to compete for a really big goal or outcome than it is for a mediocre goal or outcome. Ironically, there's simply more competition for the things that aren't worth as much. This simply means that competing for something really big that maybe you aren't quite as qualified for is an excellent way to become more daring. Sure, you could get your butt handed to you on a plate, or you could be unceremoniously shown the door. However, you could also score spectacularly well. Either way, you will have become more attuned to your ability to take positive risks. Conclusion We're now at the end of the book, and you have a much better idea of the importance of the concept of risk and daring than you did when you started. We started out by taking a look at the nature of risk. We examined what it actually is. We also looked at why we're drawn to taking risks in the first place. We then looked at the art of risk learning why taking risks is absolutely critical to success in life and in business. Next, we looked at some examples of famous people who achieved success in large part through accepting managed amounts of risk into their lives. Finally, we looked at some of the ways you can use to make yourself more daring. Now, armed with this information, the next step is yours. Will you dare to use it to achieve a fuller and richer life? We certainly hope so. Hey, one more thing before you go. I just wanted to tell you really quickly about an amazing service that I think you'll love. If you're in real estate and you are tired of trying to figure out social media content, I have got the thing for you. I helped a friend of mine develop a company called Gnome Marketing Group, and they offer Facebook page management for an incredibly low price. So basically how it works is you sign up, you make them an editor, on your business page, and they will post 12 different posts per week. So it's two per weekday, one on the weekend each day for you. You don't have to do anything. They they have hashtags and everything. It's really great. And it's incredibly cheap. If you go to knowthegnome.com slash coupon, you can sign up with my coupon code Stephen45 and get it for $45 a month. That's incredibly cheap for someone to do all your social media posting for you on your business page. Again, that's know the gnome, K-N-O-W-T-H-E-G-N-O-M-E dot com slash coupon and use my coupon code Stephen45, S-T-E-P-H-E-N-4-5, $45 a month. It's $30 off. It's an incredible price. I hope you take advantage of it. It's an amazing service. Have a great one.